Good evening. <laughs> you guys doing well? Ready for a new year? Woo! How many are ready to say adios to 2011? Okay. And how many are ready to welcome 2012? Woo! Yeah. How many would like to, this is probably a dumb question, but how many would like to make 2012 the best year ever? Ever. That's right. Ever. So I'm going to talk to you about that. I'm going to talk very briefly. That may sound hard to believe, but, uh, but I'm just going to talk just for a few moments and, and kind of refresh your memory on uh, what the mission of Desert Breeze is about and, and talk about that because I believe that's how you can make 2012 the best year ever is that if you become more fully devoted to Jesus. Uh, in Philippians chapter 3, you don't need to turn there. In fact, get your bulletin out and you can follow along as we walk through this. We're going to look at the 5G process of uh, full devotion to Jesus Christ here at uh, Desert Breeze. You'll get a chance to see a little bit of what the mission is about. Many of you already know that. If you've already gone through the game of life, you know that uh, really well. But uh, in Philippians chapter 3, Paul is under house arrest, chained to a praetorian guard, and he's in circumstances that would be anything but, but positive. They're not positive circumstances. And yet, the book is filled with joy. And when you hit the third chapter, he, he goes through this whole list of accolades and accomplishments and achievements which are pretty profound, to say the least, as you read through that book and you, you hit uh, chapter 3. And yet when he gets to a certain point, after he's kind of explained all the great things that he has accomplished and done and, and acquired, he says this, it is all rubbish, it is all dung, compared to what? Anybody know? Compared to the surpassing knowledge of, of Jesus Christ, having a relationship with Jesus Christ. So, in essence, he's saying all the success in the world, whether it be career or family or education or any, anything, if you compare it to what you have in Jesus, he classifies it as, as dung. And so, uh, he has a vision of Christ that I, I think that some of us, many of us, some of us have from time to time, but probably most of us don't really live in the reality of that. And that's, that's my hope for us in 2012. And this message is that we would begin to see the beauty and the glory of Jesus Christ more clearly so that it would ruin us for anything else. That we would almost say to a lot of the things that we have maybe acquired or accomplished or the accolades or all that stuff compared to Jesus, it's dung, really. Because, because I am so captivated by his beauty and his glory, by who he is and what he has done. And he says some things here, and I'm going to pray these at the very beginning here. But he, he goes on and he says, I want to know Christ. It's almost like he's crying out and he's saying, here's my New Year's resolution. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his suffering. To somehow to attain to the resurrection of the dead. And then he goes on and he says, not that I have already attained this or am already perfect, but I press on... To make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Beautiful words. And then he says, brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own. But then he says this. And maybe you're familiar with this. Maybe you've memorized this. These are great words. And they always come back to me around this time of the year. Because they're great words for a new year. As you're kind of saying goodbye to the old year and you're heading into a new year. Great words. Great New Year's resolution. He says, but one thing I do, anybody know where, where he's going with this? One thing I do is forgetting what is behind and straining. Literally, he uses this language, straining. The, the, word, the Greek word is agonizo, where we get our word agonize. I am straining for what is ahead. And he describes this. He says, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. It's a great New Year's resolution right there, is that you would, that you would let go of the past. And, and how do you do that? Well, you do that at the cross. Through the cross, Christ forgives us of, of the sins that we've committed, and then he brings healing to us for the sins that have been committed against us. One thing I do is forgetting what is behind. So we're letting go of 2011, and then we're reaching in, in 2012 for what he has for us. And my prayer for us is that we would see Christ so much more clearly that we would be captivated by his glory and beauty. I'm telling you, that's what's going to satisfy you ultimately, your heart, more than anything. That'll prepare you for anything. 
if you could begin to see his beauty and his glory. Uh, it's just, it's fascinating. And in fact, that's, the, that's really uh, what, I'm, what my desire is, and you hear me say this from time to time, especially in the game of life. By the way, if you haven't taken the game of life, you need to take the game of life because it's coming up, and that would be the class you'd want to go through. But uh, the game of life is to help you to become a Christian hedonist. My job is to try to turn you into a Christian hedonist. How many know what hedonism is? There's going to be a lot of hedonism going on tonight. And hedonism is where pleasure is your God. Christian hedonism is God is your pleasure. <laughs> God becomes your pleasure. It's, he is your purpose, your passion, your pursuit in life, your highest pursuit in life. And so in Desert Breeze, you can see this. It's on your notes. Here's the mission statement of Desert Breeze is that Desert Breeze Community Church exists to provide a place where unchurched people can become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. In essence, become Christian hedonists where God is your pleasure. And one of the key verses here at Desert Breeze is John 10.10. In fact, do we have that up on the screen behind? Yes. You guys ready? Let's read it together. One, two, three. Nice and loud. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. We talk about living life to its fullest. And Jesus came in the midst of whatever you're going through, no matter what kind of a year you just went through. In the midst of that, see, this is what I love about the Bible. The Bible is not about denying reality, but it's about Christ invading our reality with a bigger reality, that he's bigger. He's, he's better than life. He is more than enough. That's what that verse is saying. And what he's promising, promising us in that is that... Uh, is that there is a quality of life that's found in him. There's a, there's a fullness of life that comes as a result of a life that is fully devoted to him. So the more you are fully devoted to him, the more you're going to experience this life. It's not the easiest life. It's not a painless or problem-free life. But, but listen to me. It is, it is the best life. It is the best life there is. A life that's fully devoted to Jesus Christ because he came to give us fullness of life. So no matter what you're going through, no matter what kind of year you just went through, and maybe you're hoping that circumstances will be different in 2012, and I hope they are too for you, but maybe they won't be. But I, I can guarantee you this, that if you begin to make him, uh, you, you place him at the center of your life and you make him your passion, your pursuit, your pleasure, no matter what you face, you will have what is necessary to get through that. And you will truly live an abundant life, a, a full and meaningful life, not predicated upon things, people, or circumstances. That's the promise. So, the, so in this, this promise is not a promise that, that, that life, is, life circumstances and everything about our life is going to go just the way we want them to. The promise is uh, not a painless or problem-free life. The promise is his power, his peace, his presence in our life, regardless of what goes down. <laughs> I love it. I mean, how can you lose if, if that's the case in your life, that's, that's the promise that he, that he gives us. Uh, here's, I haven't used this illustration for a while, so here we are, the last day of the year, and I'm going to use it here tonight just to kind of help you to understand a little bit of this idea of Jesus, and we're going to walk through the, the kind of the 5G process, and we'll do that real quickly. But, uh, but here's the illustration, and I've used it, I use it usually in the game of life, so it's been a while since I've used it here, but how many would like to have... A billion dollars. I would. Yeah, you know, we th a billion dollars. And so a billion dollars is what? It's a, it's a thousand million. It's a thousand million dollars. A thousand of the million dollars. That's a lot. I'd just be okay with a couple million. But, but, uh, but if you had a, I mean, if you had a thousand million, you'd have a billion so someone comes up to you and offers you a billion dollars, you go, yeah. But what if they said, hey, wait a minute, we decided we're going to give you a billion, not just a billion dollars, we're going to give you a billion and one dollar. What would you say to that? Some of you are so greedy, you'd say, yeah, okay, come on. No, most of us would say, it doesn't really matter whether I have a billion or a billion and one dollar. It doesn't really matter. That's what your response would be. So let me give you another kind of proposition here. So, so the question in that illustration would be, do you want a billion or a billion and one dollar. And it, to you, you'd say it doesn't really matter. So let me give you another proposition. Do you want Jesus? Or do you want Jesus and a billion dollars? I'd like to have both. I mean, that's the first response. But let me just say that if you understood what you had in Jesus, this is your response. You'd say, it doesn't matter. 
If you understood what he meant, I came to give you fullness of life, you would say, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how things go. If I got him, I got everything I need. You see, we don't often live in the reality of that. My job is to try to help you to get to that place. That's why we're kicking off this new teaching series, The God You Long For. All of our issues go really back to God and understanding who God is. We tend to not know God or have forgotten who it is that walks through our day with, with us and what we have in him, the riches and the wealth and the resources that are available to us. So we're going to walk through that and look at the attributes, his nature, his character, all that he provides for us. But So in order to become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ, we're going to, we encourage here at Desert Breeze, uh, we encourage and provide for growth through the following four stages. We call it four or five stages of maturity. Let me pray, and we're going to go through these real quickly. Would you bow your heads with me? Take a moment. I'm going to pray Philippians chapter 3. God, it is our desire in this new year that indeed... Uh, that we would know you. We'd know the power of your resurrection and, and, and to be able to share even in your suffering and become more and more like you so that we may, by any means possible, attain the resurrection of the dead, this fullness of life you have for us. And God, I know that there are many of us here that need to, uh, as we think about the future, we think about the past, 2011, that as Paul said here, that one thing I do is forgetting what lies behind. So God, let us lay aside those things from this past year, those hurts, those sins. Jesus, you came to set us free from those things, those things that have been, those sins that have even been committed against us. And God, may we press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. We pray these things in Jesus' name and everyone said... Amen. So, so here we go. Here's the five G's. So if this full devotion to Jesus Christ brings about fullness of life, so what does that look like? Five G process, game of life we take people through. And by the way, as we walk through this, here's what I want you to be thinking. What is your next step? And also be thinking about what are some, something in one of these G areas where God has impacted you? Because we're going to open up the mic in just a few moments and give you an opportunity to give your testimony. Just to share very briefly that if you fit into this first category of being a genuine Christian, that maybe this last year you, were, you got baptized. Maybe this last year you committed your life to Jesus. And uh, maybe you want to give a, just a brief testimony. Your testimony would be something like this. We're only going to give you about 20, 20 seconds, 20, 30 seconds or something like that where you just say, hey, this is what my life was like before, and now here's the difference that Christ has made. And so just be thinking about that. Think about what is your next step as it relates to this full devotion to Christ because these are... These are kind of steps, but they're interrelated. They're also progressive. So the first one is a genuine Christian. This is someone who's committed to Christ into a church family, and you make that public through water baptism. This last year at Desert Breeze, we had right about 65 people make a public declaration of their faith in Jesus Christ. Pretty cool. That's a good, that's an that's a outstanding thing. And so maybe you're here with us tonight, and that would be you. You know, maybe you want to share something of the difference that Christ has made in your life. We'll give you that moment and just a, just a little bit. And so a genuine Christian, are you a genuine Christian? Have you made a confession of faith in Jesus Christ? That would, that would be kind of that first base. The starting point is to acknowledge our need for a relationship with God and to recognize that Jesus is the way to have that relationship. Through confession of sin and the Lordship of Christ, we become genuine Christians and become part of the family of God. And we make this public through a church ordinance called water baptism. And the reason why we do that is because you and I, we know this, that we were formed for God's family. The, the biblical term for this is fellowship. And so if you're going to want to make 2012 the best year ever, that would be a first step for you. Maybe you've never made a confession of faith. That's an important one. Take a look at this next verse. Let's read it together and aloud. John 1, 12. You ready? But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Did you notice in that, receive and believe, who believed? Receive and believe. They're one and the same. Belief is, is truth, truth about who Jesus is and what he came to do. We talked about the incarnation last weekend. It's just truth that enters your head. So if you're wondering what faith is, what is faith? Because a lot of times people say, well, oh yeah, I believe in God. They have, a, they have a belief about the level of a demon, as it says in James. It's more of a mental ascent. Because true faith in God is, is truth that enters your head about the person and work of Jesus Christ that ignites the heart 
and outworks through your hands. It will begin to change your life and how you live life and how you see life. Belief is not merely agreement with facts in the head, but it's an appetite for God in the heart. Take a look at this next verse. This is one of my favorite verses. You probably hear me quote this a lot. And it's 1 John 3, 1. You guys ready? Let's read this together in aloud. See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God. And so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. I actually quote it differently. That's probably ESV. Here, let me give it to you. I think this is more of NIV. How great is the love the Father has lavished I like that word, lavish. That's <laughs> what my wife does with those sweet rolls. She lavishes frosting on that. And that's where I, that's where I always go back to. So how great is the love the Father has lavished upon us that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. So a genuine Christian is really someone who is beginning to develop an appetite for God that is stronger than all other appetites. That's a genuine Christian. In fact, if you're a Christian and I were to ask you, hey, are you a Christian? This is what your response should be if you really understand all that he's done for you and who he is, that God is for you and not against you. You're kind of entering into this, this thing that God, that your appetite for God exceeds your appetite for anything else. This is what will be happening in your heart. Are you a Christian? If you said, I'm trying, that would be kind of a re- response of doubt and uh, that's not a good response because you don't understand. It's not about trying. It's something that it's not what, what you do. It's but what, what has been done for you. So it's not about trying. It's just entering into it by faith. All that Jesus Christ has done. Or if you respond by being defensive by saying something like, of course I am. You see how often I come to church and how much I read my Bible and how much I... Well, that would be more defensive. You don't really understand. It's not based on all those things about what you do. But, but a, a, a normal, healthy response would be, are you a Christian? You go, yeah, can you believe it? Me, a Christian? It's amazing that God would love me. How great... So that's what it means. How great is the love of the Father? He's using an idiomatic phrase. The translators don't even know what to put there because he's almost like he's saying, this is out of this world. People who understand what Christ has done for them, they live with a sense of wonder and awe. I can't believe I've got God in my life. I can't believe all that he's done for me. So that's the beginning. That's the first G. What's the second G? Yell it out to me. Growing. So if you're genuine, it's natural and normal. You're going to be growing. And a growing Christian is committed to the disciplines necessary for spiritual growth. One of the ways that we help you do that is through our Game of Life program. We had... uh, a pretty close to between 40 and 50 graduates this last year, which is a pretty cool thing. And so we invite everybody to go through that. Through the inspiration and teaching of the weekend services and the fellowship and the teaching in small groups, we say this a lot. Life change happens best where? Small groups. Yeah. So get plugged into a small group. We grow in our knowledge and love of God. We also grow through personal Bible study and prayer because why? We were created to become like Christ. Uh, second. Peter 3.18. Let's read this verse together and aloud. You guys ready? Here we go. It says, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. So he's just encouraging us. Hey, grow. Continue to grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Spiritual disciplines are those things that we do to increase our capacity to experience more of God. And because we want more of God in our life. It's actually not so much that we get more of Him, but we, He gets more of us. And we begin to enter into more of that, that the life that He has for us. Uh, as the promised land was to the nation of Israel, so this fullness of life is to us. And by the way, uh, the promised land did not come to the nation of Israel. They had to go to it. Make sense? And in fact, there was a whole generation that wandered around in the wilderness and died off. And there was the next generation had to go in. And so it's something that you, you can't just wait for the abundant life to come to you. It's about really learning to apply God's word to your life and to grow in the grace and in the knowledge of your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, so that you can experience more of him and his love. That's, that's the idea. In fact, even Jesus put it this way in the Sermon on the Mount. He says, if you had any idea what I had in store for you, you would, you would cut off your hand or pluck out your eye to get there. And he's not saying that literally, okay? 
But he's saying it figuratively by saying, you will take desperate measures to do all that you can to, to do these spiritual disciplines that would increase your capacity to experience more of my life in you. And that's part of that, that growing, growing Christian. And then there's the, the third one. So you've got genuine, growing. The third one is what? It's giving. This is someone who's committed to serving God with their shape, how God has shaped them. We use that as an acronym, and we spend a couple of weeks on the, in the game of life with this. The acronym shape is spiritual gifts. God has given you, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, spiritual gift, a heart. Your heart beats fast for certain things. Or, and so you've got spiritual gift, heart, abilities. God has given you certain abilities, personality. And then experiences. God has allowed you to go through certain experiences in life because you can come alongside of others who are going through similar experiences and bring hope to them and help and encourage them. And so you're committed to using your, your shape to help others with their faith in Jesus Christ in the greatest entity on this planet Earth for life change, which is a local church family. Because you and I were, were, were made for for ministry, we are shaped to serve God. Christians who have learned to give their time, talent, abilities, and treasures to God by channeling them through a local church are expressing a greater understanding of what God has accomplished in their life. And there's two ways that you serve. You can serve through a primary gift, which would be how you're gifted. It's a place of gifting, or you can serve in a place where you are needed. Obviously, in a church our size, we have a lot of needs, and many of you have stepped up into places where, where we've needed you. Uh, as we head into the new year, we certainly always need help with our children. We need help with our uh, high school, junior high. And so, so some of those, those are the areas that as you're beginning to think, okay, where can I get involved? If indeed I'm a genuine Christian, I'm a growing Christian, I will be a giving Christian. In fact, it says in 1 Peter 4.10, God has given each of you some special abilities. Be sure to use them to help each other. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. That's uh, ESV. I just read to you from another translation. First uh, Corinthians 12, uh, verse 5 and 27. And it says here, there are different kinds of service to God. Together you form the body of Christ, and each one of you is a necessary part. It's a little bit like the, the difference between, how many know the difference between uh, the Dead Sea and the Sea of Galilee? What's the difference between the Dead Sea and the Sea of Galilee? That's right. So one, one has, a, has a flow through. The other one, the Dead Sea is dead because it has an inlet and no outlet. The Sea of Galilee has an inlet and an outlet. If you have only an inlet without an outlet, you're going to become like the Dead Sea. You're going to become dead spiritually. So if you're genuine, you're going to be growing. If you're growing, you're going to be giving. It's a natural part. One of the reasons why we don't pass a plate is because we know that that's a natural, natural process of people's lives. That as you get to know Christ, you know His grace and His goodness. It's natural for it to overflow in your life, to look for opportunity to be able to... Uh, to do that. Jesus, when he uh, met the woman at the well, his disciples went into town to, to buy some groceries or to get some food. He came back. They were, they were pretty famished. You know, they were pretty hungry. And yet he didn't eat. And they go, why, why wouldn't he eat? Because he had just ministered to her. He loved her and began to point to, to himself. And she was drawing from the well and said that, hey, you drink from this water, you're going to be thirsty again. But I have water that will quench your thirst for all eternity. And the disciples were wondering, well, why is he not hungry now? And Jesus said something very profound. He says, I have food you know nothing about. In other words, he's saying, my ministering to her so fed me and nourished me uh, that, uh, that I'm, it pretty much sustained me and even kind of wiped out any kind of physical urges that I had at, at that time for, for physical nourishment. So it's kind of interesting. And that's part of that genuine growing, giving. Fourth G is what? Yell it out. Going. Going, committed to sharing the irresistible and contagious gospel of Jesus Christ with family and friends in the world. The full measure of a Christian is when we see beyond the four walls of the local church to do what we can to reach the unbeliever with the message, the good news of Jesus Christ. Um, oh, I needed to tell you, too, during that whole idea of the gifts is that we had close to 30 graduate from our SLAM class, servant leader and mentoring class. That's another class. That would be kind of another stage. Once you've gone through Game of Life, and you're wanting to get involved in ministry, lead a small group or whatever, that would be a class that you'd want to go through also, which is a great class 
uh, to be thinking about. So be thinking, what's your next step? Are you a genuine Christian? Then you need to be a growing. Get plugged into small groups, start reading your Bible, praying, doing those things. If you're doing those two, the next step would be, how can I get involved in ministry? And then after that, obviously, you're going to be thinking about, how can I reach my family and friends with this uh, gospel message? How can I be a bringer and includer here on weekend services into our small group? So, so this going Christian, because we were made for a mission. It says, go then to all people everywhere and make them my disciples, Matthew 28, 19. Of course, we just finished up the whole book of Acts. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, which means martyr. You'll be willing to give your life for me. Once you've tasted the goodness of God, you want everyone, you want everyone you care about to know what you know and what you've experienced. And so that's natural, normal. So when you put all four of those together, so genuine, growing, giving, going, you do this all for the glory of God because you and I were planned for God's pleasure. We were created by God, for God, to give glory to God. A glorifying Christian is committed to living a balanced life. So it's a matter of living this balanced life of genuine, growing, giving, going, all for God's glory. So whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God, 1 Corinthians 10.31. So... So as we look at that, that's, that would be the, that's a great New Year's resolution right there, is that you would just become more and more fully devoted to Jesus Christ because why God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in Him. So think about that. If indeed He is our most satisfying reality, wouldn't it make sense that your New Year's resolution would be, I'm going to do all that I can to increase my appetite for Him. I'm going to do all that I can to stir up and find my deepest joy in Him. And, and that's what it means to be a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. That you become a Christian hedonist. That God is your pleasure. Oh my goodness. And you begin to live it out. You walk with God, genuine. You know, you live his word, growing. You know, you, you make a contribution with your life. That would be giving. You know, it's through a, the greatest entity on this planet earth for life change, which is a local church family like Desert Breeze. And then uh, you want to make an impact in this world. That's going. Walk with God, live his word, contribute to his work, and make an impact in this world. So it really comes down to, really, those, what's going to be at the center of your life? Are you going to be a genuine Christian? What's going to be the character of your life? Are you going to become more like Christ? That's growing. You know, what's going to be the contribution of your life? That's giving. And what will be the communication of your life? That's going. God is most glorified in us. We're most satisfied in Him. And we are most satisfied in Him, fullness of life, when we are fully devoted to Him. And we're fully devoted to Him because why? We love Him because He did what? He first loved us, first loved us. Check this collage video out. It tells you a little bit about what we did this last year. Gives you some ideas of some places you could get involved as we celebrate. At the end of this, the band's going to come up, and then we're going to open up the mics. Is there an area that we talked about here in one of these uh, 4Gs, 5Gs, that, you, that uh, you'd like other people to know the difference that Christ has made in your life? We'll have a couple mics out there, and we'll give you an opportunity to do that. Check this out. Good stuff, huh? Had an outstanding year. And we're anticipating even a better year, 2012. So anybody want to give a testimony? This is scary. We only do this once every 10 years. A lot of times if we do the testimonies, we'll do it on, uh, we'll film it or do something like that. But uh, where's the, where do we have the mics in here? Who's got the mic? Oh, Ryan's got the mic. Okay, why don't you stand up and, and turn around. What, what has God been doing in your life? Well, I was going to say that when I left here, I was going to have a huge appetite for God and the Lord, but you already kind of used that phrase. And That's great. Kind of thing. Awesome. So uh, I don't know what I was going to say, but uh, I just know that it is an appetite and that uh, all the time I get that sense, that feeling of, of God with me and, and the Lord just hugging me. And, right and on. That, uh, it's a constant feeling that I get no matter what it is. In right life on. Doing. Good stuff. Anyone else want to give a quick testimony of God's grace and his goodness? This is, a, this is a, a good opportunity to make much of him. What has he been doing in your life? What kind of differences has he made? Think about the, the five G's, the genuine. How many, uh, I'm not going to call you out. You don't need to give testimony, but how many, anybody here get baptized this last year? Anybody? Okay, yeah, right on. You did? Okay, we're going to have you come on up here and would you, uh, I'm, I'm kidding you. That's scary. It's scary. Get up in front of people. Anybody else? Want to give a testimony of what God's been doing in your life? Yes, Sandy. Nice and close. Hello. Yes. My husband and I were married for 18 years and tried unsuccessfully to have children. 
and we gave it over to the Lord, and now we have two beautiful kids. Woo! Praise God. Right on. Anybody else? This is a great time. Give, give, make much of him. One of the things that I wanted to, to even to add on to that is that the Christian life is a magnificent obsession with a heavenly treasure beside which everything else in life is of no value. I mean, really, the more you begin to see him and you see his beauty, everything else is just like, ah, whatever. Okay, I lost my job, but he's going to take care of me. He's going to lead me. Oh, we lost our home. Oh, well, he's better than life. So there's, when you begin to develop that attitude, you're really entering into what Christian life is all about. And uh, so anybody else are going to do a song for us? Real quick, here we go. Let's do this song. Anybody want to share? Anybody here been impacted by small groups? You just really like your small group? You want to brag on, you want to brag on your small group? Yeah, okay. What? Is this on? Yes. Okay. Um, I don't know about any of you guys, but um, as you grow, you know, you pray for this, that, and the other with, your, with circumstances of your life and stuff, but... When somebody's wronged you, sometimes it's hard to pray for them. And, you know, it's like pray for your enemies. Well, I'm currently going through something, and I truly, last night, was able to pray for my enemy, and I have no, um, no bad feelings toward them, and I truly want God to reach them. So it's like wow. pray for your enemies for real. It's like it, it, it calms your heart. That's amazing. That's good stuff. <laughs> That's, that's the freedom that he brings us. That's the freedom he brings us. Yes, right back there. I want to brag on my Bible study, my small group. Um, I joined, and I'll cry, watch. I joined the Bridgewater small group this year, and I'm telling you, God is alive and well <laughs> in Desert Breeze. He is in the small groups. Um, we laugh, we cry, we share, we pray, we study, we eat. <laughs> uh, we sing, not pretty sometimes, but we do it. And uh, we are a family, and we just love each other and love the Lord, and that's it. Right on. That's good. Anybody else? Yes. Won't you? Would you stand, please? Turn around, face everybody. Look them in the eyes. (laughs) In group, there is nothing like it. A group of women who love the Lord. And those that um, can pray for you and just walk beside you. And we're starting a new study on the 11th. Uh, Beth Moore is breaking free. Should be wonderful. Wednesday morning group. Right on. Cool. Anybody here has, uh, have you, could you relate to what I said earlier about when Jesus said, I have food you know nothing about. You've been involved in ministry, whether it be with our children or adult ministry or whatever, and you've experienced that, you, you want to share a little bit of that? Okay, Shireen, right right there. Um, life gets hard on some of you. He Ray's talked about, like, we want 211 to be gone. But God redeems those things. He gives, a, he does give you food, and you think, I don't know how I ever survived some. Then he takes that and uses it somewhere else. Right on. And he fills you up and satisfies you in the middle of all that's going on. Right on. That's right. 100%. Anyone else? Oh, right up here. Right behind you there, Ryan. Uh, he's filled me up with ministry. Brian and I lead a small group in our home, and sometimes it's like, I'm too tired. I don't want to do this. I just want to sit on the couch and do nothing. And it's like two minutes after seven, maybe nobody will come. (laughs) And then I could just be a couch potato. And then everybody shows up. But when the evening is over, I am refreshed. I am rejuvenated. I'm like, I want more of you, Jesus. So ministry really does fulfill me. Yeah, it's amazing. Totally amazing. I was uh, usually my uh, we were I was kind of preparing for today because our weekend is thrown off a little bit. So yesterday was my Sabbath. My wife, my mom called me up, and there's just a lot of things that were going on. Got text messaged and got a phone call, and just tons of things happening. Typically, that's normal. 
for around the holidays, a lot of bad things typically happen. And my mom wanted me to go with her to the hospital to pray for, uh, some of you guys know Mary Campbell and her husband Jack. So uh, my mom and I went and took Mary over there and prayed with Jack and uh, just felt like, I, I don't think that he's a Christian and prayed with him to receive Christ. He's 75 years old. And uh, while I was there, my mom uh, just really made sure while he's laying there in bed, he's, he's coherent, he's responding to us. Not real well. You could tell he was really uh, weak. But she grabbed a hold of him and said, Jack, Jack, do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? Have you committed your life to Jesus? Because I basically led him in a prayer, explained it to him, and he shook his head, said yes, and he died this morning. He went to be with the Lord this morning. See, it's interesting, and I, actually when I went there, I was kind of like, oh, I'm, I'm pretty tired, I don't feel like doing this, and it was when I left, it's always interesting how I have food you know nothing about. There is a, a, a nurturing and a nourishment that comes into your life, and then when I heard that, this just a little bit ago, my, uh, that he had passed away, it was almost kind of like, wow, God, you, the timing of that was unbelievable. Nothing like, and I believe in deathbed conversions. I believe that God will bring people into your life and you'll cross paths with them at strategic times in your life. And so, pretty amazing, amazing how God is, uh, he's, he's working. He's working in our lives and working in this church. And so, we've seen a lot of great things. Anybody else want to share real quick? Because we're going to do a last couple songs, last call, real quick. Anybody? We got one up here. One more? Okay. Uh, I just want to say that, um, like you said, uh, starting out my week, Tuesday morning, men's Bible study. It's just a great bunch of dudes get together, do the whole thing. Um, and uh, uh, just a covenant of family, right on. friends, sharing feelings and emotions, and, and of course, being macho and stuff. But uh, it's just great. And it's for I'm me, part of that group. It's, it's, far, <laughs> it, it's just a great way to start the week. And... Uh, and uh, be around a bunch of good friends and people with the Lord, and it's awesome. That's cool. Thanks, Dave. Right on. Right here, Ryan. Uh, Whoa. Hey. Uh, recently just, well, not recently, but uh, I joined the Army a few years ago. Um, I was really scared, honestly, because uh, I was sort of a new Christian, and I was afraid that I was going to lose that if I went in. You know, have everybody yelling at you, and, you know, there's not exactly a, a positive attitude in the Army. Uh, so I get to my first duty station in Washington, and I'm surrounded by Christians, and it's, it's wonderful. I got plugged in at a church there, uh, and, you know, I, I didn't think that I was going to grow in the military, and God has transformed me in some awesome ways. I'm completely out of debt. Uh, from like, I went from, like, $8,000 in debt to... I own my car now, you know, no credit cards. I don't owe anybody any money. So by God's grace, um, I'm standing here safe too, so. <laughs> right on. What has God been doing in your life? Stand up if you would, please. Okay. Uh, my name is Jordan, and... I guess what you talked about with being involved in ministry and, and getting refreshed from it, it was, it was pretty exciting to see some of the San Diego pictures up there. Um, I'm part of the epic stuff that we do activities and whatnot. And I don't know, it's pretty amazing that every time I start to get discouraged, God throws somebody in epic that just um, gives me some refreshing words. And it's just been amazing. It's been, you know, two years of stuff now. And, you know, I'm excited for, for the third year of it and just the new people that we get to touch and reach and just being involved and in, 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 uh, having relationships with people. It's pretty awesome. Right on. Cool. Yeah. Uh, Jordan also leads our men's Bible study group on Tuesday mornings. does a phenomenal job. A lot of macho guys in that group, and I'm part of that group. It's a great group. We're going through the book of Daniel right now. He's doing a really good job. Just a great open discussion, kind of working through that book. So 6.30 Tuesday mornings over the church offices. So you have no excuse for not getting involved. We've got tons of things going on here, a lot of activities, a lot of things kind of help you out in that area of growing. Anybody else want to share? Anybody else? Do we have another one up here? Oh, right back here. Yes. 
Um, I've been involved in the children's ministry when you're talking about serving. Um, I've been doing it since my son was three years old. He's 13 now. And I took a break because I thought I would, I'd had it and the kids were getting to me. But it was awful. It was really awful while I was gone. And I love my kids. I love them in there. And I get so mad when we're short on volunteers. <laughs> um, but I just I love those kids. And when you're talking about recharging, that's exactly what they do. And when I first started, I thought, you know, I'm happy that these kids, if I can just teach these kids that Jesus loves them, that's good enough for me. Those kids are like sponges. Yeah. They, they know that and so much more. And it was just amazing. We just went through the Ten Commandments. And I bet you those kids know the Ten Commandments and in order. And some of you don't. That's right. So it was just, it's just so, I just leave that place so full because those kids, I just love, right I love on. them. Man, they're yeah. awesome. You have food that nobody knows about. Oh. As Jesus said, I have food that you know nothing about. Yeah. There's a food I can't in, stop. Yeah, there's, there's just something about that, being involved in ministry like that. Cool. Excellent. Thanks for that. Yes. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. We have another one, a little sweet girl right here. I got baptized in the fall, and Jesus is amazing. Yes. And I remember when your daddy baptized you. That was so cool. That was so cool. Anybody else? What is God doing in your life? Some good things going on. I know. This is about making much of Jesus. Yes, right back here. So, hi, I'm Alfred. Well, it's loud. Um, so, I've never, this is my first time actually being here. Um, and I just figured this was worth sharing. Um, I go to Ironwood, and my friend Zachary was in a car crash after coming home from church one day. I'm going to kind of sit on this. And so um, this was just a pretty epic thing that God did in our life, and I figured it was worth sharing. He, um, he had been driving home with some friends, and he was in the wreck, and I guess the other car went in like three feet into their car, and it was just, it was awful. And um, sorry, I'm getting a little shaken up thinking about it. And um, he was, apparently all of them were supposed to, just according to the way things happened, like they should have been dead. <laughs> and um, they, got, they got him in there during what's called the golden hour. And it's, um, it's that hour between like, okay, the brain swelling, whatever's going on. If you get him in at this time, put him in an induced coma, whatever, they're going to, they have a chance. And so it was just such an amazing story because... You know, here I am, I'm thinking my friend's going to die and whatnot, and um, he should have, honestly, just realistically speaking, he probably should have, but <laughs> I, I guess it just, what it comes down to is our God is not really a realistic God, he's kind of beyond that, and um, when you were talking about how, <laughs> um, how much greater his love is, and just, it kind of makes you think how beyond things he is and for me lately like there's been a little a few crazy things going on and things uh have been a little rough but um i guess coming here tonight was just really refreshing everyone's just seems so has have so much joy just knowing who christ is and um i guess what it, what all i wanted to say is it was just a really cool experience to see that happen in my friend's life just to see how beyond things god is and in reality he has He's, he's sovereign. He has control over things. And um, I just figured it'd be worth sharing because that's something that's definitely been a boost in my faith and just trusting Christ overall. And um, Right on. Yeah, so good stuff. figured that's cool. Thank you. Yeah. Good. Um, I just wanted to make a plug here for small groups because uh, uh, Don Miles talked me into leading a small group here. <laughs> this has been like almost two years ago, and it has been such an awesome experience to see the, the, just the people coming into the group and the growth that they have and just being able to share in each other's lives together and pray for each other as a group. Um, we've seen some awesome things happen in our group. We've been praying for families, uh, family members to come to the Lord, and they have um, things that we just never would have 
we never would have suspected. You're like, oh, that person's so far gone, they'll never accept the Lord. But, but we pray for them, and they have. And it's been such a neat thing to see in the small group as everybody's growing and connecting and getting so uh, in tune with each other. It's like it is like a small little family that we have. So I really encourage you guys, if you're not a part of a small group, you need to get into one because it's it's great. That's cool. Right on. That's good. Praise God. We got one more right back here. Then we'll do, do a song. Yes. Hi, I am Alfred's mom. Make him go first. So it's our first night here, and I'm very thankful for the opportunity to actually even talk because or speak, I should say. Um, With it being our first time, our church is actually closed, so we're kind of, literally this week, we're like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? And if it wasn't for my son, like, he is the one who has brought me to the Lord. Usually it's kind of the kids dragging the parents, you know, trying to get them come, but he's the one who has brought me to the Lord. And the reason why I'm saying anything is that I have this overwhelming sense of just calm and even though I haven't really, I said Happy New Year's to maybe these five, but just acceptance, and I'm very thankful for the opportunity to be here and for all of you to just allow me that feeling, whether or not you know that you're actually giving it to me. I'm very thankful for the acceptance and the warm feeling and to feed off of him. I have never been one to participate in small groups, let alone stand up and say anything, but watching the video, I'm excited for that opportunity. So for 2012, I'm just praying for the new beginning and um, potentially having a relationship with the group here as a whole. Cool. Right on. Thank you. Thanks. Right on. Hey, would you stand with us? Let's sing this song. All the way from Fort Lewis, Washington, ladies and gentlemen, Chris Barker. How many of you guys here were, for, uh, were here for Christmas Eve last weekend? Anybody? Yes, I just want you guys to know you were phenomenal uh, maids of milking and drummers drumming. and Yes, that's right. That's right. I, I even saw some five golden rings back there. I love it. For you guys, Christmas time never ends, does it? <laughs> well, we thought this is the new year. And this is the last time we shall all be singing together in 2011. But fear not, because next Sunday we get to do it all together again. Yay! So we thought we'd, um, we'd just sing an old classic. And it was written way back when, so the spelling is a little off. That was when you could make up your own words. If you're English teachers here, I'm very sorry. So we're just going to kind of play this, and then we're going to sing it all together as we think back on 2011 and God's goodness. Together. Should all the acquaintances 
everybody. May you guys have a blessed weekend and a safe New Year's. We'll see you back here next Sunday morning at 8.45 and 10.30.